it's not any one thing that makes the biggest difference in our outcomes. It's a series of ongoing thoughts and actions and a change and adjustment of words that really changes the outcome down the road. Welcome back to Mom Nation from the Heart. And now a word from our sponsor. Hello, everyone. This is Ryan Gilliam, Senior Mortgage Banker with Waterstone Mortgage. If you're looking to buy a new home or even refinance a current one, I'm able to help you find the best program and interest rate that fits your specific needs. You could call me anytime directly at phone number 480-635-3035 if you have any mortgage questions or if you're ready to get pre-approved for a new home purchase. Thank you. You're probably all laughing. It's okay. Laugh away. I am going to be 43 years old in like a week. I never said I was super tech savvy. Um, So here we are again, guys. It is Katie, your founder of Mom Nation. We are back again with another episode of From the Heart, our podcast, where we share inspirational stories, useful information, and we discuss a wide variety of women-related topics and mama-related topics too. Please, while you're here, throw us a like. Oh, wait, we don't like on YouTube, right? We follow. Subscribe. We, follow, we, subscribe. we subscribe on YouTube. So you can totally tell it's my first time. So please, while you're here, subscribe to our channel so that you can be notified the next time we come on live and I do a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> I love, <laughs> I love to reach out and, and I wish I could give her a hug, but I would love to extend a very warm welcome to our co-host, Sherry. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everybody. How are you today? I'm good. How are you doing on this lovely end of May week? Doing amazing. You might be wondering why I'm a princess today. I mean, you're always a queen in my eyes, so oh, I we'll love see. you. Um, while I'm princessing it up today or queening it up today, I actually like that. Um, and the reason is, is because my little dude, we're off school here in the Phoenix area, Phoenix, Arizona is where I live. Um, and I know in other areas of the country, it's not the case, but we are off school for summer. And so my kiddo's at camp and he got, yesterday was his first day and he got camp cash for like being a cool kid, right? And instead of buying candy or whatever it is they have, you know, for himself, he decided to get his mommy a tiara. Isn't that so sweet? Oh, I love Jackson. I know. I know. Oh, I miss him so much. It's funny. Like we're all moms here. We could talk about this. So isn't it funny? Like, do you guys go through this too when they're with you and they're talking a mile a minute and they're needing everything and like, you can't get anything done. You're like, oh my gosh, just go to school or camp or something. <laughs> and then it's like five minutes in, he's been at camp for five minutes and I'm like, oh, come back. I miss you. Every day. Yep. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Why is this? <laughs> mom life. Total mom life. All right. All right. Without further ado, we have an amazing guest today, as we normally do. I am super excited to talk with Miss Wendy Larson. Tell us a little bit about you. Let's learn about Wendy. What are you doing right, here? Anyway? So what are you doing on this? What am I doing today? So what do you want to know, what we're talking about or about me? A little about you and then what we're talking about. Okay. Why do you want to talk about it, first of all? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I am Wendy Larson. I'm, I live in the Boise, Idaho area right now. Our kids are almost out of school this week. They have two and a half days. So 
Um, I have four kids. Um, my husband and I are building a business in financial services. I have a teaching background, though. Um, I, I got a master's degree and taught college level ESL courses and was a curriculum writer and decided it, it didn't it didn't foot the bills of my growing family and I switched and um, that's actually a lot of the foundation of what I want to talk about today, which is thoughts and how really thoughts are the foundation of everything that happens in our lives. But so often we dismiss them as like nothing. So that's kind of the direction I wanted to go. I love it. Take us down that road. So when did this start becoming something that you had considered? Because I mean, we've all had thoughts since we've been, you know, shot into this world, whatever day that was for, for all of us, Um, you know, that I, I can't remember not having thoughts. We'll just say that. So when did it start becoming something that you were focused upon and why? So it really didn't. I mean, I just had, you know, the thoughts that were just, I don't know, popped into my head for the longest time until to, it wasn't until I started trying to be a business owner and be an entrepreneur and was surrounded by other people that were really trying to change their life. Then I realized, and a guy that I listen to a lot, he he always says, "What we think about, we bring about," and and I love that because you th- like if you're thinking, if you're thinking like, "Don't crash into that telephone pole," then all you're thinking about are telephone poles that you're like, you're gonna crash into something, right? And and but if we think, if we just open up our thoughts differently, and and um, it just it makes all the difference in the world, and so it's kind of like. I know that the the thinking about what you're thinking about is not a new concept, but it's fairly new to me, meaning in the last two years, really, it's all. And then all of a sudden you become ultra aware of all of the things that you don't want to think about. And then you have to like clean up your thoughts. And that's another, <laughs> that's part of the process too, right? Is, is becoming aware of what's, what thoughts are not serving us and then trying to replace them with better thoughts. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Give yeah, us an so it's kind of, so this is, this, this is actually, this happened a few, I don't know, maybe six months, a year ago. I have uh, my, my four kids, they're fairly young. I have a 12 year old, 10 year old, eight year old, and a six year old. And my eight year old, it was a school morning. And I don't remember what was happening. Typically my kids take the bus, but for some reason I had to drive them. We probably missed the bus to be honest, because <laughs> Well, kids don't like to get up when they're supposed to. Is that what you're saying? I have no idea about that. Neither does Sherry. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so my, I, I don't even know where the, why I, why I did this, this particular morning, but I said to my eight-year-old Emmy, I said, Hey, did you know that today is going to be such a good day? And, and she was probably, she's probably seven at this time, but she like her eyes lit up and she did not need me to explain why. She just saw me say, today's going to be a good day. And it didn't matter to her what, like, she didn't know, like, we're going to Disneyland. Like, uh, she just knew that today was going to be a good day because I told her. And and I, I didn't think much about that in the moment. But we went downstairs and got breakfast. And we were then we were heading out to the car. And as, on our way out the door, my, my 12-year-old is a boy. And he's got... He hates school so passionately. He has from the first day of kindergarten. 
And so for him, the, the, my girls like going to school, but it's still hard, right? But my son just hates it. And, and it shows almost every single morning. And so my, my little Emmy said, oh, hey, should I tell Jason that today is going to be a good day? And she, and, and my, the thought I had was, oh, don't bother him. <laughs> don't, no, no, don't, we don't want to tell him anything or he'll rip our, all of our heads off. And, but then I stopped that thought and I said, well, maybe that's, that's, that's not a good thought either, Wendy. And so I let her tell him, Hey, Jason, today is going to be a good day. And it did not settle that like he, he didn't bite our heads off, but, but it, it was just the thought that, Hey, if we set this day in motion differently because of that thought, and it's not just the thought, it was the words that followed, right. That followed the thought. But then it was so interesting to me how to just to just to watch her attitude change. And then and I, I, I didn't fall on my son like I, you know, it could have. <laughs> it just changed that it changed that whole morning. And and that was one little example, like like as I've studied thoughts, as I've as I've started thinking about what I think about, it's not any one thing that makes the biggest difference in our outcomes it's a series of ongoing thoughts and actions and a change and adjustment of words that really changes the outcome down the road. You know what I mean? Like it's never one big thing. So I totally agree. And I'm going to get really, really deep here. And I don't even know how exactly I want to, I am not doing good today. My, my mic's unplugged. Can't (laughs) work YouTube. What the heck's going on with me? Anyway, (laughs) I feel like it's, this is such an important topic and something to just really drill into, because if you think about what, what's the normal pattern of your thoughts? Like I actually did this, I kind of did like a little project with myself the other day. And I was thinking, you know, I have an eight-year-old too, and he's a very, very active eight-year-old. He has ADHD, but I think even eight-year-olds in general that don't have ADHD are also very active. So mine is especially active and he's kind of like, up and down and all over the place. And I find myself more often than not saying, oh, no, 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 don't do that. You're going to get hurt. Or, oh my gosh, don't do that. It's going to make such a mess. Or, oh my God, watch out, watch out, watch out. And you know what I mean? And I don't know if that's actually a good thing necessarily. I mean, obviously as parents, we're here to keep our kids safe and, you know, make sure that they learn appropriate things. But am I thwarting something? Am I teaching him to think in that pattern? You know, maybe if he walks across the edge of the couch, he's not thinking I'm going to fall. He's working on that skill. Maybe he's going to be some professional gymnast someday. You know what I mean? But if I'm implanting in him, oh no, don't, you're going to fall. Now, what am I actually, am I actually stifling his ability to move in the direction of the things that he wants in his life. Like, think about that. That's huge. That's huge. I, it, so I, the other day I took my, my three, these three girls, I took them to their elementary school. They were dying to show me all of their tricks on the monkey bars. And I I watched them climb and flip and spin and twist. And I went home and I told my husband, even at eight, even at 10, even at six, I never, I told him I did not have the upper body strength (laughs) to do any of that. I still can't. Right. And he said, 
No, I bet you could have. Your physical body could have, but you were too afraid. And one thing as I've, as I've built my business, one thing I've become acutely aware of is I've been a worrier from early, early, early on. There was a book that my mom used to read to us called A Very Worried Walrus. It's the weirdest book about this animal walrus that plays out in his mind. If he rides his bike, he's going to crash and he's going to break his arm and the ambulance is going to come and the ambulance will get in a car crash on its way to the ER and the helicopter will have to come and carry him instead. But the helicopter will get stuck in a storm and all these, like this little walrus, like he plays all this out. Oh, it was, it's, but then, then what actually happens at the end of the book is the walrus walks out his door, he gets on his bike and he does crash. He does hit a tree, (laughs) but he gets up and he gets back on his bike and he keeps moving. And that book has had a lot of, of impact on me. And I, my mom actually used to label me a very worried Wendy because of all the things I would worry about. And I think that I think of my elementary self, I was probably too worried to climb up on the monkey bars. And now I'm having to undo all of this worry. (laughs) And that's a thought, right? All of that is the, just those negative thoughts that what you worry about, you bring about like you're the, like, and so I've tried to focus on that book that the lesson is he does crash, like nothing's perfect, but he's fine. Mm-hmm. And so, so I, I thought that was interesting when my husband just pointed out that I could have done it. I was too scared and too worried. And, and it just makes me think, well, what else in my life did I miss out on besides monkey bars because of my thoughts holding me captive? And I do think the same thing. Am I teaching that to my kids? Don't ride your bike like that. Don't be a daredevil. And they're just, they're not thinking that until I maybe mention it. And then all of a sudden, will they be, you know, am I if they had great acrobatic skills, like balancing on the edge of the couch, am I taking that away from them? (laughs) That's what I'm worried about too. Yeah. But how do you, how do you go in your mind? That thought is justified because you're protecting your kid, but then flipping it to think of it that way, or, Hey, I'm stifling them. Or sometimes kids need to learn the hard way. Like I hate that. I'm with my teenagers. I don't want them to learn the hard way, but they don't want to listen to mom either. So how do you get that brain to flip those thoughts? So that's, that's one thing I, that for me, I've had help. (laughs) I have paid people for coaching basically to be able to be outside of my head to help me to, to think differently about situations like that. Cause I don't know that any of us have the ability in like on our own to think, well, that, that thought doesn't serve you though, or, or that one does your child is in danger. <laughs> you should stop them with that. Right. Like it's, it, and I think it's a delicate balance and, and we're, I feel like I'm always, always juggling between, do I let them experiment? Do I let, do I stop them? So how do you do that, Katie? I, that's, I'm still struggling with it. I just had the epiphany a couple of weeks ago that most of the things that come out of my mouth when he's doing his thing are, Hey, watch out. Hey, don't, Hey, no, Hey, you know, and it's all negative shit. And so I'm super struggling with this at the moment because clearly that's how I've been programmed. Right. You and me both. (laughs) 
right? So I'm, I'm running this program. I'm just running this program and I'm not even really sort of realizing that I'm running the program. I'm starting to, and I'm starting to catch myself. Um, and I'm starting to kind of stop being so darn picky with him. Like for instance, uh, over the weekend, my husband was gone. He was gone on a guy's trip. And so it was just Jackson and I, and he wanted to have some, you know, he's a noodle guy, Sherry. So he wanted to have some faux. And so we have some in the, in the pantry. And so I made him his little, you know, bowl. It's like a little cardboard bowl or something. You put the things in and, you know, microwave it and it's magic. And so he finished and I had to run, I don't know, downstairs, catch the laundry or something like that. And he was finishing up while I was away from the kitchen. And we've been working on him picking up his dishes and then picking up after himself when he's done eating. So he did, he picked up after himself. He put his spoon in the sink and he put his, uh, the rest of the bowl, which had a couple of little noodles in it, not much, but a couple of little noodles in it, in the trash. Well, when he put it in the trash, (laughs) it like it exploded in the trash or something because it was like the noodles were all stuck to the edge of the trash and like everywhere, (laughs) but in the trash, right. Just like all over the whole cabinet. Cause it's like one of those under the countertop trashes. Oh Yeah. And I'm like saying to myself, oh my goodness, I'm picking it off with a butter knife because it had kind of dried on at this point. And I, and he was outside playing and, and I was, my normal routine would be to call him in and to be like, bro, this is not the way we throw things away. Like we need to pay <laughs> attention. And since I've had the epiphany a couple of weeks ago, I stopped myself and I said to myself, this kid is eight years old. This kid is eight. And we are working very hard on just the task of please pick up after yourself and put the items in the receptacles that they belong in when you're done with them. I was very proud that he did that without prompting. Right. So who the hell am I to call him in from having fun outside, right? To give him shit for not doing it right or well enough. Like, what the hell is that? You know what I mean? I'm just going to create another OCD adult. And we certainly don't need more of those in the world. Right. (laughs) So I stopped myself and I didn't say anything to him. And when he came in, I was actually like, Hey, good job. I saw that you threw away your stuff. It's it's one of those like pick your battles kind of thing that, and it, and it's not that you don't want him to eventually not make a mess all over the trash can, but right. I, that's, that was a healthy thought that he's eight and look what he did do. Mm-hmm. So that's, I, I find that too, with parenting, you know, the, my, I, my three girls sleep in one bedroom. That's not a very big bedroom. We rearranged beds so that we could have a space in our home. We, we're, we work out of an office that's about 15 minutes from here, but we needed a space in our home to be able to office in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so we put all three girls on a triple bunk bed and it's not a huge room. My son gets his own room. Um, and it is constantly in a state of chaos. And, and I, I feel like I always go in there and I, the, I always say, I look at this pigsty. I can't believe like, why are the clothes still on the floor? What are all these papers? What in the world? Why, why can't you guys keep this clean? And then because of the work that I've been doing on my thoughts, I, the, like a week ago, I went into their room and, and I've also, another thing uh, to your question, Sherry, is another thing that's been helping me is making gratitude lists, like a gratitude journal where I purposely look for wins in my life. 
things that I'm grateful for, things that are okay, just the way they are. And so I, it was in the mode of, I'm not perfect. Nobody, I hope nobody misunderstands <laughs> that I'm like, I'm still working on this. But in that moment, I, w- I felt like I was on top of things. And I, I said to my girls, hey, you know what? It's okay that this is so messy. There are three of you in here. And you're still learning how to clean up. And I am so grateful for my sweet little angels that sleep in this room because one day you're going to move out. You're going to go to college. You're going to get married and you won't be here to make this mess. And I'm grateful that you're here with me right now, even though it's messy. And and I said, I'm not going to complain anymore about your mess. And they were like, like jaws dropped to the ground, like, what? And and then a few days later, I made a comment on um, deep cleaning, purging their room, getting stuff out of there. And my, my little snarky eight-year-old, again, she's like, I thought you weren't going to care anymore about our room. And I said, I don't, I'm not, I do care about it. I'm not going to complain about it, but that doesn't mean I won't go in and clean it myself. <laughs> yeah, and get the AKA thing. throw crap away. Yeah. And <laughs> No kid wants mom to clean their room because you know what we do. We go in with an empty bag and we come out with a full one. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yep. To say aloha oichu, like you're not getting it back. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so though, I mean, those, you know, there's just a couple of things. I have a lot of work to do, but I, I feel like just that awareness and in small moments, if I can do that once, then I remember that. I mean, here, and here we are, you know, talking about these things, even Katie, your son with the garbage can, like we, when we, when we can reflect on it, then I think it's, it encourages our subconscious to do it more. I I think I'm not a brain scientist, but yeah, I think it works like that. Yeah. And I mean, it's, oh, go ahead, Cher. I was just going to say, you actually made me think of something not related, but kind of, You know, when you want to buy a car and you buy a new car and you've never seen that car out on the road until you buy it. And now like everybody has that same car. It's, I don't know. It just made me think of that. So like once I start recognizing, Hey, my teenager did this without me asking, I I start to notice it in all the kids, but more so like, Oh, they did this too. Versus just being on them. Like, Hey, I need you to do this. I need you to do this. Like you focus on, it's like the gratitude list too. When you're focused on all the negative stuff, that's all you're going to perceive and see. So it makes sense that it carries on the same way. It's it's giant and it spills over into other areas of life too. Um, You know, recently for some reason, the year of being forties is like the year of revamping and kind of like changing absolutely everything about myself. Um, But I've been sort of reassessing some, you know, relationships that I've had for quite some time or or not, just really reassessing some relationships and um, sort of moving away from those that aren't necessarily working for me. Right. And, And what I've found is, is and, and I assume it's a habit and it's just a, a pattern of thought is can be very habitual, right? It's the, like a program. There's individuals out there that are, are so focused on, on, on bad things happening, like whether it be in the news or, you know, um, calling up a family member and all the family member talks about is, well, this one has cancer and this one broke their leg and this one needs uh, an operation on blah, blah, blah. And it's like, really? Like, is this what we're choosing to talk about? Because I'm sure in every one of those three lives that we just referenced, there's 
a thousand wonderful things that are happening for them. There's a thousand wonderful things that we could actually talk about that would bring value to all of us, that would uplift all of us, that would raise all of us. But yet we're focusing on the fact that this one has this ailment and that one is going into surgery. And it's just, it's a reassessment that I've been doing. And I'm, and I'm sure you guys have noticed that throughout your lives as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The uh, I'm 41, so I get you. <laughs> I'm like, there's something about like, and I don't know, it didn't, it wasn't so much in my thirties. I didn't feel like there was as as much cause for reflection maybe. Right. And then all of a sudden uh, being for my husband's 42. And so I'm just a few months behind, I'll be 42 in December. All of a sudden I just feel like, yeah, like they're like, what are we actually, like, what do I want my life to amount to? And, And it almost makes you feel like, I know I don't want to spend my time in something that's going to pull me down. Right. I want right. something that's that's energizing and uplifting and 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 yeah, I people have situations that you want to show concern for, but it's it's that focus like the cars, Sherry. Like if if we we hear about one person dying and then all of a sudden it feels like we know about 10 others that have just died. And it are there more people dying? I don't know, maybe, but our, is that what we're thinking about? Is that the focus? And so our attention is drawn to it. I think it's probably that, not just more people are dying. I think that is maybe steady. I don't, I don't know. So it's kind of, see, so much of this is just like, I don't know how helpful this is. Cause I'm like, like I'm, I'm learning as I go, right. I'm not an expert, but I, I just really felt like that's um, just, what the focus, where your thoughts are really. And the, when I, when I started noticing the connection between thoughts and beliefs drives your actions and it's what we do that creates the results in our life. And so if we want a a home that feels peaceful, you can't just go and just be like, well, now I have a, a peaceful home. It starts with your thoughts and your beliefs about your relationships and your family, the words that you use, and then that the, the result really starts there. Um, one thing I've, I've learned is a lot of times, like if, like if somebody wants to change their health, they want to change their diet, so often they start with the action of eating or exercising. And that, that's good, but really it begins even that with the thoughts. What do you think about? Do you, do you, love your body so much you want to change something or is it coming from a place of I hate myself and then it's like you're not going to get long-term results from a health perspective or from um from income like what you think you're worth at the end of the day how much do you allow yourself to get paid um that my husband and I realized recently that we moved we've moved around a lot we realized recently we moved from a few years ago we moved from Utah to North Dakota for my husband to take a new job for $25,000 a year it was it was about 10 years ago more or total no total dang girl that's a right? big move I know. And we didn't like looking back, I realized we didn't think at that point that we were worth any more than that. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't know that at the time. Cause I didn't, I just, I didn't have all this self-development support, but then looking back for a while, I was very, this, this was like a, a month ago. I was very angry that we did that because <laughs> I thought that's not, I don't know how, I don't know how we survived. It was North Dakota. 
We only had two kids when we moved. We only had one vehicle. I don't know how we ate. I don't. And so, so it was just the awareness that we did, that we didn't, we didn't see ourselves as more valuable than that. Right. And, and so one of the things that I, one of the tools I've used is a, it's called infinite healing and it helps you. It's a lady who helps you. I, I have her book. Um, this is her book. I have a couple books to show. This has been a good book for me because she talks about, you can't just, when you're aware of a problem, you can't just go like talk yourself into I'm worth a million dollars. I'm worth a million dollars because your subconscious like knows, yeah, you're a liar though. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, and so, but what she, what she helps people do through her book is go to the root of things and, and heal it at like an energy like level so that then whatever caused beliefs to create that we're free from. And so, and it's like, I, when I first heard about that, I'm like, that doesn't work, but it actually has been like, it, it's, it's thought reprogramming and it does work. So, um, yeah. Thoughts are things. I mean, you know, the good old secret. It's, it's definitely a thing. Um, you know, when that came out, there was a lot of chatter. I lived in very Northern New England at the time and in, in a very small town. So I didn't have the opportunity to, um, network with different mindsets and with different, you know, people was kind of the same sort of mindset, um, when that, that came into my life. And so I kind of tossed it aside and I was like, yeah, I don't know. And then, I moved to uh, Phoenix when I was 24. And so, um, you know, very bright eyed and bushy tailed and and ready to go and ended up meeting this woman who I just adored. You you ever meet somebody and their energy just like hugs you. Mm -hmm. And this woman just seemed to have it all. I mean, she had an amazing family. She controlled her own schedule. She, um, never a negative thing came out of her mouth. That's for sure. And I sat her down and I was like, how are you doing this? And here I am still talking about all my family members that are in the hospital. You know what I mean? And she, she, um, introduced me to Abraham Hicks. Have you heard about Abraham Hicks at all? So it's Esther Hicks is actually, she's uh, a female. She's this all started in Phoenix, Arizona, actually, which is really pretty cool. But she ended up moving to San Diego, I think is where they're out of now. Um, But her and her husband, Jerry, started um, meditating and kind of channeling energy. And it's really, really cool. Their teachings are very much in line with what we're talking about here, how thoughts are things, how beliefs are just a bunch of thoughts you just keep thinking really, when you start to dive into your beliefs and why you believe these things, you can figure out a lot about yourself and you can really uncover a lot of things that aren't yours. Well, why do I think that? That's what my mother thinks. Or why do I even say that? That's my grandmother's life. That's not my life. Um, And so you kind of start to, for me anyway, in my experience, I sort of started to figure out my individualism. Um, and I started to take on different beliefs that actually did work for me and that I actually felt more passionate about, right. Than whomever passed it down to me when I was however years old. Yes. So that huge, huge, huge moment, huge moment for me. I actually still very much, um, 
I have plenty of books actually of Abraham Hicks back here. And I I've, I've listened to them. I call them them. You'll, you'd know why I call them them. If you start to follow them, check her out. She's on YouTube. Um, okay. Esther Hicks is her name. Abraham Hicks is the publication brand, I guess. Oh, okay. She does a lot of seminars and whatnot. Um, but I think that you would really like their teachings because it's very much in line with this. And to be honest, that woman that it, her name is Shay that introduced me to Abraham Hooks. Okay. Shay legit changed my life. Like when I'm on my deathbed and I have to think of the five people that were huge, you know, the catalyst of pivotal, pivotal moments for me in my life, she's going to be one of them because that was just ultra giant. Um, and it's not something when you, you know, you said that you're practicing and you're getting better and you're remapping because it's really a synopsis we yeah. have to remap, mm -hmm. right? Like we've got to remap our brain to think in a different way. Uh, personally, I've been doing this since when did I meet her? Shit, I had to be like 26 or 27, and I'll be 43 in a couple. So of years. A long time ago. So a very long time, and it's not something that you just learn and you put down and you're good to go for the rest of your life, and it, and it's never going to be a problem again. No, you have to keep it up. You have to stay plugged in. You have to continue to practice. Even if you're hearing the same thing day in and day out until you've crossed that threshold where you've remapped yourself so that when your kid gets up on the, on the back of the couch, your first thought isn't, Oh my gosh, you're going to fall. Your first thought is freaking awesome, dude. Wish I could do that. Do it with one leg. You know what I right? mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, until that is your immediate first thought continue to be plugged in. And, and I'm not there yet after all this time, like it's been almost 20 years. I'm not there yet. And I imagine when I'm there, it's just going to be a more advanced version and I'm still going to remain plugged in. It's so important. Like I think so many people come across really great books and they come across really great mentors and teachers and videos and documentaries and things like that. They learn it, they get excited about it. They close it, they put it down, they never open it again. And when are we now back into our old pattern? Because our patterns have been around for a really long time. They're ingrained. They're in there. They're yeah. muscle memory at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it, that's why it's so hard to undo because it's so just like knowing, knowing your worth and knowing what you like choosing, what you want to think about you. I, if I feel like that. And I'm, I mean, it's been two years for me. I can't imagine when I'm like 12 years along, like you, Katie, I'll be like, <laughs> it'll be great because it is in those two years. It is something that I've been consistently doing, but I only feel like it's been more recently that I, and not that actually is, is a belief too, is that it has to take a long time is I, I think that it's, it, um, it, it's application. It's you'll learn it as fast as you're willing to let yourself become it. Yeah. And, um, and it, it, so it doesn't have to take forever, but it is something that if we don't keep up on it, the world around us and all the, the negativity in the world will just, it's the default is negativity, not positivity, unfortunately. Right. And, and another thing that I think is really huge is, are you doing it for you or are you doing it for your spouse or your kids or because your boss thinks you should, or because society actually society, we're going to scrap that one because society doesn't think you should. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. are you doing it for you? And I think that that is a giant question to ask yourself with anything. 
because you're not going to do it with as much passion unless you truly are committed to it. And if you're truly doing it for you, I think that's the only way. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wrote down Hicks. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go look at that. Cause I mean, I love good book recommendations. I like soak up things like I should read this and I should read this, but a lot of things are, I don't spend time reading things that don't move the needle in my life. I, and sometimes I think oh, I should read more for fun, but the things like, it is fun to me to be in control of my own thoughts, or at least yeah. to be aware of and know, oh crap, I shouldn't have reacted like that but I know it and I can fix it more quickly because of that. So, um, well, you'll love this because they have a very robust YouTube channel Oh, and there's actually clips, uh, juicy clips of her seminars on their YouTube channel. And so you could, I mean, literally get like a new 15 or 20 minute video every day. Oh, awesome. Pretty sweet. I wrote all that down. So how about you, Cher? What do you do to plug in? I know that you are a mindful thinker. So what do you do? I mean, you said something that definitely hit and resonated with me is that like, it's you're you're rewiring your map, right? Like that isn't it's just like seeing a therapist or going to counseling. It's a healing is not a linear journey. Neither is this. You're revamping all of the things that you've learned in a lifetime, regardless of if you're 40 or 30 or 20, it doesn't matter. These things have been ingrained in you. And so it's just like we talked about on the last podcast, right? The thing that they used to say is it takes 21 days to change a habit. Well, what did she tell us last time? She said it's actually now 66 or something. Yes, exactly. Okay. Because it takes 21 days to like, even get to the point of like being able to break it, but then to rewire your brain to actually doing it subconsciously takes 66 days. So if you think about that, but thoughts, it's, we're not just having one thought worry, we got to redo and rewire our brain for all of these things. So of course it might take time and work and continual practice. Um, so I think that that's, just important to understand and, and not have a timeline on yourself and not stress out um, or get upset with yourself. If you're like, ah, oh, falling back into old habits. Okay. We'll fix it. Like you said, Wendy, it's easier for you to now spot it and then correct it. Yeah. And that's a win, right? Like yeah. we need to give ourselves a little bit of credit about that because we went now from being completely oblivious and just allowing whatever default happen, happen, right. Without even giving it a second thought to now. Okay. Mouth. Hold on. Let me think this one through before I open. Right. That's a huge giant win. Yes. So tell me a little bit, Wendy, about maybe some examples, if you can think of some, or, you know, some ways that your coach is sort of helping mold you, guide you, move you in this direction of really remapping those old patterns? So there, so first of all, I actually, I utilize lots of different sources on my reprogramming. And, and I do that because I feel like there's, there's a lot of different, um, there's just so many resources. And see, you just told me another one that I'd never heard of before. And so, so just some things in general from these multiple sources, one of the biggest things 
is to fix it in the moment. As soon as you identify a faulty thought that you don't want, then you need to you need to work on it right in that moment and not allow it to and not allow it to morph into any more. That's huge. It's on the spot. Um, it, it, that happened the other night. Something happened. Um, it made both my husband and I were very furious at something, not at each other, actually, <laughs> but at something that had just um, I won't go into the details, but but we I was realizing in the moment, like I should be in charge of my feelings and my thoughts about this. And for a minute, I, I well, actually, it was longer than a minute for like the rest of the evening. I allowed myself to feel anger and to feel um, frustration and hurt and all these things, right, from this thing that had happened. And the next morning, I woke up also feeling like I don't, I feel this, I don't want to feel this. I know that there, I know that there are other ways outside of me that I can choose differently, I can think differently. And it took, it took like 12 hours to really come back to like, I don't know, to lower my blood pressure, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But what I loved was that I had, because I've done so much this thought work that I knew that I could get there eventually, where I I feel like in the past, something like that would have festered for a lot longer than that. And so it did, like it, it, it affected me more than I wanted it to, but I knew in the moment, like, no, I'm choosing this. I'm going to fix this. So that, that's, that's a big thing. And you, we already talked about this, but just constantly staying on top of that's constantly feeding your mind things allows you to then go apply them. So that's a big thing. Um, I, and I also think this is important is I like to, I like to get my thought work through different, through reading and through listening, because I think our brain, like those are two different like sensory things. And I think that some things I remember if I read it because I've invested time to look at the pages and to hold it in my hands. And then some things I, I, I learn and and remember because I've heard it. And so I, I like to every day, and I don't even necessarily like put this on my to-do list to read something and to listen to something, but I just kind of have developed some habits that Every night I read a book that is helpful for my thoughts. And every day I'm listening to something that's feeding that. So, so both of those methods. So I think there are others, but I'm not, I can't think of any others right now. (laughs) What you said though, is super giant. Um, Going back to the example that you gave where you were upset about something the other night, um, something that you'll learn when you dive into Abraham Hicks kind of talks a lot about it is it's important to allow yourself to feel the emotions, right? So when we shut down and when we don't feel the emotions, then it crops up in other areas. We have a whole bunch of other problems that come up from that. So allow yourself to feel the feelings. Well, you can sort of gain momentum if you will, So when, when you're sad and you're feeling sort of defeated, that's a very, very low feeling. Well, then you're angry about it. Well, that's kind of more of an empowering feeling, isn't it? And so the more empowered that you get, you're going to start flipping over to the other side of the chart here pretty soon. It also helps to think, think basic and to think, okay, well, whatever it was that happened, I'm not sure what it was, but whatever it was we still have a roof over our head. That's not compromised. 
we wake up every day and our families together. That's not compromised. That's not going to change because of this particular thing that happened. My kids are healthy, like these basics. Right. And then from that, you start to now I'm in hope. Okay. Now I'm in hope. I'm getting closer. You know what I mean? And then you kind of build it that way. Um, so, so going to the basics is super important for me. Um, been in the real estate industry for a long time since before I came here when I was 24 years old. And there's things that happen on a daily basis that are, you you can't control, right? Things that happen, whether they be positive or negative are, are oftentimes out of your control really. And so does it really benefit me to sit there and stew on it and be like, Oh God, you know, the world is ending and the sky is falling. No, let's let myself run through those emotions let's think basic. And then all of a sudden what happens is, is for me, I gain this sort of clarity. Now, all of a sudden I have access to something I didn't have access before because I was sitting in the wallowing in my own soup. You know what I mean? And now I have access to creativity. Well, when I have access to creativity and access to a little bit of confidence, now I'm in a great position to cure the issue, to overcome the issue or to redirect and do something different in order to get around the issue, perhaps like whatever it may be, lots of things come up. That's, yeah. that's really important because when we're sitting in stress and when we're sitting in that very down low sort of end of the scale, we've now cut ourselves off from everything else. You're literally pinching yourself off from confidence, from creativity, from that positive stream, if you will. So that's one thing that plays a huge part in my life. The next thing that you'll learn when you dive into Abraham Hicks, it's actually pretty cool. Sleep resets things. Sleep brings you to ground zero. Okay. So if you allow it to, so what ends up happening is pick somebody day in the life of a normal person. What do they do? They go to bed. This is the last thing that they looked at, right? boom, it's done. Five minutes later, they're sleeping, whatever. So what were they looking at on their phone? Was it something that is, it could be, it could have been something super beneficial that when they fall asleep, that's the last thing in their brain. That's what their brain is going to sort of ferment on for the evening or while they're sleeping. Right. Or is it something negative? Is it crappy trolls out there on social media? Is it news? Is it your aunt that's in the hospital again? Is it, you know, and now your brain is kind of fermenting on that. However, when you sleep, it does give you an opportunity to reset. So wake up in the morning. What's the first thing that a normal person does? Back on their phone. Right. But you've heard all the gurus say you get up, you read something inspirational, you work out, you fuel your body with the appropriate materials, like not junky sugar crap. Right. And then come into your day. So now what you've done is you've allowed the reset to happen. And let me tell you, for me, it may not work for everybody out there, but for me, that is key. Without that piece of knowledge, I learned that years ago. But without that, I I don't think I'd be anywhere near where I'm at today in terms of how pleased I am with my life. So I, I love that you bring that up because we, we worked with a business coach. He was a leadership coach, a fantastic guy. We worked with him for about six months. And on our very last session, which was almost two months ago, he, the last thing he said to us was 
how is your morning routine? And we, this, uh, we talked about so, uh, we talked about so many things in our sessions and the last thing he's, and we were even like bumping up. We were at the end of our time and I don't know why this came to him, but he said, how is your morning routine? And we look at each, my husband and I were like, morning routine, like, what do you mean? And it's not like, (laughs) right. And, and what he, he spent some extra time with us talking about, um, well, first of all, I had some beliefs that my morning routine included uh, a, a, 30 minute swim at the pool that was 15 minutes from my house and showering and um, morning like devotional type stuff. And I'm like, Oh, you're like, that's easy three hours. And he's like, no, 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 no. How long does it take to be effective? And I like, I was stumped and, and my husband figured it out though. And he's like, we could do a kickstart to our day in like, 10, 15 minutes. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I need three or four hours to get going with my day. And what he coached us on was simplifying. And, and so now what, what we've done since that last session, which was like the 28th of March. So I don't know that it's been 66 days yet, (laughs) but, um, but I've been very consistent about getting up. um, Not always at like 5am, but getting up when I mean to get up and not sleeping till 10 or 11, I do a little bit of like sun salutations from some yoga days I had for like a year. Awesome. <laughs> and then, and then just a little bit of, of reading and writing. And it's very, I can do it in about 15 or 20 minutes. And I wish Katie that I was like you and would have learned this decades ago. And now that I'm 41, I'm like, I hope I'm not running out of time <laughs> to make a really significant difference. But what, that has done again going back to the thoughts is it puts me into the frame of reference that no matter what happens and I still go swimming I still shower every I wash my hair every day I know there's lots of you moms out there that are like I can't believe you wash your hair every day I do though and that there's a reason it is not pretty if it's not washed every day (laughs) there's that I am on day five (laughs) well my hair would be like like butter if, if it were day five. So, (laughs) um, but I, I just, the thoughts that I have when I start my day like that intentionally, I design it and I, and I have proof of it because every, I mean, I might write like three or four little lines and, and on various things, nothing really that super significant, just I write something and so I, I can like prove to myself, I haven't shown it to anybody. It's for me though. I can say, look, every single day I did this for me. And, and I feel like that's changing momentum and changing confidence because I just know, Hey, I, if I can do this every morning, I can do a lot. You know yeah. what I mean? So I just, I'm, I love that you've done that for such a long time. Well, <laughs> Katie. Yeah. Yeah, morning routine has changed in terms of what I actually do, but the idea of morning routine for me hasn't changed in years. Um, Now it's a little bit different. Now I have an hour workout that I get up and do in the morning, um, listening to Abraham Hicks while I do that. Okay, so truth be told, the last couple of days, it's been the Johnny and Amber trial, but usually it's Amber Hicks. And you know what I've noticed? This is so freaking weird. And this is the last thing because we're getting close to time here. So this is the last thing we'll hang on. But I'm super obsessed with the Johnny and Amber trial. Here's why. Because I actually, since I was a little girl, have always wanted to be a trial attorney. 
And I actually went to, began college to become an attorney. Um, real estate sort of stole me away. Um, <laughs> but I love trial and I love direct and I love redirect and I love cross and all of that. I love it, love it, love it, love it. So I've been super glued to this, right? The last couple of weeks or however long it's been. Last week, my husband says, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't, I, I don't know. What do you mean? What's wrong? What's wrong like, with well, you? <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, your attitude is kind of different. You're kind of mopey and like, something going on that you haven't mentioned is everything okay like is business all right is somebody pissing you off and I'm like no no everything's great I'm good this is a few days ago last night I said to him you know what you know what I've been doing different is I've been listening to this there's a lot of sadness in this trial there's a lot of deceit there's a lot of just it's when you listen to the audios that play of their intimate uh, conversations. I don't know if you follow it at all, but it's cringe. It like, I cringe because I'm listening to somebody's first of all, intimate, intimate conversation. I didn't, I don't belong there. And it's, it's a lot of just sadness to be honest and anger. And I'm absorbing all of this and I'm not getting my normal morning dose of the total opposite of this. Right. And so I had this epiphany last night and he's like, well, maybe it's a good thing that it's the last week of trial. I'm like, yeah, because <laughs> I'm still addicted. <laughs> <laughs> so just kind of interesting. I mean, when you really stop to think about it, these, these things are the basis of everything. Thoughts are the basis of everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that's a great example. Those that changing that one, that input. Right. Yep. And now that that, now that that's super like, like not that you shouldn't, but it just, it, it affects you. You might not know that. And so if I wasn't as savvy as I am and as in tune with my thoughts and feelings as I am, I might've been taking this out without even knowing it on my family all week long and just being, you know, a holy terror to my family all week long without knowing what it is that is making me run that program. So interesting stuff. Wouldn't you say, Cher? Yeah, I actually wanted to just share something and then ask Wendy one last question. So I wanted to share this uh, journal. It's an interactive journal that I just got and it goes perfect with today. It says new mindset, who dis? And so it's just really fun. It literally is 10 minutes a day. So there's no one out there that can say they don't have time for this. Um, and lo and behold, I found it off of a TikTok video, but it's super cute. It has like prompts of things to fill out for you. And like I said, it's very interactive and you're literally spending 10, 10 minutes a day. And I think it's, how many days? I don't know. It's, I think a 60 day thing or whatever, but I just got it. I just started it. I love it. It's making me think about myself and ask myself questions that maybe I wouldn't have otherwise asked. So I think that everybody needs something. It doesn't need to be this, but Wendy, you had mentioned the ways that you need to hear something and then read something for me, I need to hear it or watch it. And I need to write it. If I'm not writing it down, it doesn't like even studying or work or like change it. Like I need to write it down. And that's what then helps me when I think about it, I can go back to like me writing it and it sticks with me so much longer. So if you're, if 
there's so many people out there that learn differently. And so just find what works for you and find a source, a resource, a tool. Um, but I was just going to say, is there maybe another way we can write up what tools you use, Wendy, for the post afterwards? Because we are running out of time. Yeah, so good idea. I, I have... I have a couple book recommendations. I don't know if you want me to send them to you later. Yeah. Um, and and they're, they're things that I've used, pers- like have read personally. Um, I could just send them. Do you want me to just do that, Sherry? Yeah, just message yeah, them to me. Yeah. yeah, and I'll put it in the show notes. But I think okay. that's a great idea, Sherry, um, just to give our listeners out there a couple of little little things to go on and to begin with. And, you know, I really think that there's no, you had mentioned being 41 and, you know, am I out of time? By no means. Like, I don't think any, I don't think if somebody in their eighties stumbled upon this, they're out of time. I mean, there's always, um, you know, it's always a positive thing to have that opportunity to change your experience in the world. And um, there's just nothing more basic than changing your thoughts, you know? And the detriment would just come if you weren't willing to change or make improvements on yourself, you know? Right. Right. Totally agree. Wendy, this has been an amazing conversation and thank you for being our guinea pig for doing our very first live on YouTube. It didn't go so well in the beginning, but Hey, we made it through. Didn't we? That's all right. Live and learn. We we thought we're going to make it and we don't give a shit. We're just going to go on and here's how it's going to be. So everybody out there, Thank you so much for being here with us. If you've been following us for a while, please do us a very, very huge favor. Pop up the top. It is a red button. It says subscribe. Hit that so that you can subscribe to our channel and you can be notified of our content as we as we upload it or as we go live. I mean, we just have so much content. We have the podcast. We have live and learns. We have all kinds of things. We have a um, two different shows where we talk with counselors, one about couples, one about individual counseling, just really, really awesome stuff that I would love more feedback from our audience on. So please, when you see it, drop us a like, drop us a comment, tell us what you think. We want to hear it. Um, And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, again, please follow us. Our handle is at mom nation USA. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and we're on YouTube. Send us, give us a like while you're there, right? Right. That's what we want you to do. And send us a message. Let us know why you would like to be on the show. Please, again, as you're listening to this, if you are listening to the audio version on your favorite podcast platform, do the same thing. Hit that subscribe button, download our episodes, rate us, because that's really what helps the show get out to the people who want to hear it. Wendy, if somebody wants to talk directly with you and kind of get a little bit more detail about what you've got going on in your life, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, Through Facebook, actually, Facebook Messenger. So is is it in the notes or should I tell them what my name is? It will be. It's not in the live notes, but your name is showing. It's Wendy Larson. It's, it's on Facebook. I'm Wendy Whitaker Larson. Uh-huh. And okay. my picture looks like me. It's a new picture. So you can find me there. It's not one of your glamour shots from when you were 15. No. <laughs> glamour shots when I was 15. Oh, did they not have glamour shots? Am I dating myself? No, you're my age. You know what glamour <laughs> shots are. No, I didn't. I know. I know there were glamour shots. I did not have a glamour shot. <laughs> Sherry, did you? I did. No, nope. I remember my mother's though. Would never. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Moms with aspiration. Moms are inspiration. Moms in circulation. Moms at their work.
Park stations. Bump, 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 bump. They make a nation. Bump, this is a mom nation.